Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, good morning. Happy New Year. Um, Frankly, there's more people here than I thought would show up on New Year's Day. Uh, So look at all of you. You can check day one off of your resolution list. Uh, Congratulations. And those of you that are at home, um, thank you for tuning in, uh, in your pajamas most likely. Uh, Thank you, guys. Uh, Look, today, like uh, Troy said, we are in between. Uh, So today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, We're not in our Christmas series anymore uh, for obvious reasons, but we're not quite to our Elijah series that's happening and launching next week, which by the way is going to be awesome, so uh, you don't want to miss next week as we launch into that. But we are in this in-between space, which is perfect for today's message because it's kind of like how we did have a whole year filled with um, things to celebrate and things to be happy about. And maybe for some of you, things to regret or mourn or maybe to um, ask forgiveness for or fix. We have all of that behind us in 2022. But sitting here today in the space between, literally on the first day of the year, we're on this threshold, this cusp of a whole new year, a whole year ahead of us with a ton of unknowns, a bit of transition. There's opportunity for hope and excitement and progress and success, but when we're in this space between, the unknowns are endless, aren't they? And I think we fall very easily into fear and anxiety because few of us have the patience to wait for what it's going to become. Now, the word for this, which I never knew, I never heard before until about a year ago, the word for this is liminality, meaning it's not what it used to be, but it's not quite what it's going to be. It's the space between. And apparently, this is kind of a pretty big thing right now. Photographers are uh, taking pictures that represent liminal space or this liminality, the space between. And it's usually um, kind of, a, for instance, like a, a pool at night with nobody in it. It's not quite what it was, and it's not quite what it's going to be. Or um, an abandoned mall. It's kind of kind of a little bit unsettling, but it's the space between, and we usually don't um, stay in these spaces all that long, and they're, they're not really comfortable spaces, and we don't stay there very long unless something isn't quite right. It's kind of like the time you spend in an airport. Um, it, you're not quite where you were, you're not quite where you're going, and you, you don't really stay there unless something's not right. Or the couple days after a vacation, but before you go back to work. Or maybe the last month of pregnancy. You don't stay unless something isn't quite right. Now, me as a kid, um, growing up, I was terrified when I was younger of monsters in my room. Uh, When the lights went out, there was this time, this space between when the lights went out, but before I fall asleep. And for me and for a lot of kids... That time is where the monsters live, right? That's where the monsters live. That's where fear crept in. Uh, And for me, they weren't really 
uh, kind of random made-up monsters. I was specifically afraid of thieves and murderers. And that may have had something to do with my grandfather watching Unsolved Mysteries at night. That man's voice haunted me to no end. And so each night I would go to bed, I would check behind my bedroom door, I'd check in my closet, and if I didn't, if I forgot before the lights turned out, it was a restless night. The unknowns were there, the questions were there, uh, the fear was there, and my mind would start racing with uh, scenarios of what could happen. And so I started wrestling with myself, like, do I get up and turn out the lights and check, or turn on the lights and check behind the door and in the closet, or do I just lay here as still as possible? and maybe the monsters will leave me alone. Now, I think when we're little, it's a little bit easier to let our parents know how scared we are and allow them to protect us and comfort us and uh, check under the bed or behind the door or in the closet for us. But as adults, our monsters, our unknowns, they hit a little different. They're a little bit more real. Our fears have real consequences. And what frightens us takes on a much more serious tone. But at the same time, it's, it's harder for us to admit our fear, even to ourselves. And so I found this quote from a pastor, Adam Hamilton. And he did a survey of his congregation, which was about 2,400 people, 2,400 people. And he found that 85% had either moderate or significant levels of fear. 85%. And he said, I've noticed that men especially are often hesitant to admit that they feel fearful because it seems to be a sign of weakness. Instead, we talk about being stressed. But if you poke around our stress a bit to look for what's driving us, you'll find worry and anxiety and sometimes outright panic. Now for you, your, your fear might be of being unloved or unwanted, the fear of being worthless or useless or, or meaningless or not having enough or being controlled or confronted by somebody. It might be a fear that you don't stack up to those around you or maybe your life is just in chaos. It's out of control. But I think in the space between, what, what it often is, is what if. What's going to happen if? What's going to happen if I tell them this thing about me? What's going to happen if I uh, uh, tell them how I really feel? What's going to happen if I step out and do something that I'm a little bit uncomfortable with? What's going to happen if I tell them what's going on? What's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen if the finances aren't there? What if I retire? What if? What if? What if? And just FYI, I'm not immune to this just because I'm standing up here in any way, shape, or form. For me, it's usually, what if I don't prepare enough? What if I don't have the answer? What if I'm missing something? What's going to happen? What are they going to think if I don't have an answer? I fear stepping out of my comfort zone without knowing enough, which is basically always for me, right? I fear completely falling on my face, humiliating myself because I didn't have enough information. This just nagging fear that never seems to go away. And so, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? How do we navigate through this space between, this liminal space with God? That's a, that's a very important question. And I believe one thing we need to do is found in Psalm 46. And if we get this one thing right, we can get through the space between and be better for it 
on the other side. And this is just a great passage in general, but it starts off saying, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And let's pause there. Because already there's some pretty intense stuff going on with this writer that this writer's experiencing. There's, there's lots of transition and transformation and uncertainty. But he starts off saying, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. And then he connects that with, we will not fear. But here's the thing. How do we access that ever-present help in trouble? Because these are the moments, if we're honest with each other right now, and with yourself right now, these are the moments where we're saying, God, where are you? Where are you, God? And God's saying, I'm right there with you. But it doesn't feel like you're right here with me. It doesn't seem like you're right here with me. And God's saying, I'm right there. And I can be your strength. I can be your refuge if you'll let me. And then after saying there's so much going on, there's so many distractions, there's so many things to fear, so many unknowns lurking in the dark corners of the future, he talks about the greatness and power of God. He says, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. And so it's pretty clear that the writer is probably living through or has experienced in his lifetime a time of war and conflict. But in every situation in this chapter, The writer emphasizes that the Lord is with us. He's our refuge and strength. He's a stronghold. No matter what circumstance you're coming out of or what what circumstance you're facing in the future, God is with you. And then we get to the next verse where we get a directive. This is the, the go and do this thing. And it lets us in. It gives us a peek on how we can access that ever present help. He says, Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now, I realize immediately when I said be still and know, the room is split. The room is split. We hear be still and know and we get images of sitting in a rocking chair doing nothing and just contemplating and having to lead this contemplative life. And some of you are there for it. You're thinking, oh man, that sounds great. Show me where the rocking chair is, I'm I'm there. But the other half of you, your schedule, your to-do list, all the things that you need to get done just flash before your eyes. All the things that you need to plan for, all the things that need done, all the things just looming over the horizon. And if I sit and contemplate, all those things are going to uh, take over. They're going to overwhelm. And while the, the contemplative life is important, I don't think that's what's happening here. These people, are at, they're at war. They can't just drop everything. They're in trouble. Their future is uncertain. They can't just drop everything and sit in a rocking chair and, con- and contemplate. I don't think that's what he's saying here. God's saying, wake up. 
remember that I'm with you. And so in light of that, I think this verse can be read, stop striving. Stop trying to do things on your own. Stop acting like you're in charge. Stop stressing about the battle ahead and trust me. Stop worrying about the the unknown future. Wake up. I am the Lord. I'm your refuge and strength. You have nothing to fear as long as I'm with you, even if things don't turn out the way you thought they would. Step back. Get out of my way. Open your eyes. Acknowledge who I am and what I can do. Let me be God. Stop trying to do my job for me. Right? Be patient. Let God go to work. I get it. It's one thing for me to stand up here and say, hey guys, be still and know. Good luck. We'll see you next week. That seems a little bit general and unattainable. Uh, some, sometimes it's kind of like prayer whenever we sit down to pray and it's like, well, what do I do now? And so I want to give you a few tips when it comes to be still and know. And all of them are really rooted in Matthew six thirty four. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And this verse can, can become cliche very quickly. And so I want to take it from a little bit of a different angle. And so the first tip coming out of this is be in the present moment. Be in the present moment. It says, be still and know now, present tense. Be still and know God, you're with me right now. Now, there are a lot of you out there that your head, your mind is firmly rooted in the past. When you close your eyes and there's no real distractions around, you replay moments in your life that you wish you could um, change, that would go differently. There are some of you where your emotions are really tied to past events, not really present circumstance. There are some of you that, that you spend an enormous amount of head time analyzing things that have already happened in the past. And so it's often hard to be in the present moment because your mind's just not there, like fully there, because your whole way of seeing the world is through the lens of the past. Now, for some of you, you have no idea what I just said, what I'm talking about, because you're, you're not seeing the world and feeling the world through uh, the past, your head is so far in the future on the next uh, adventure, the next challenge, the next to-do thing. Your head is so far in the future, you find it difficult to enjoy and really experience what's happening now. And so for, for all of us, it's this matter of pulling all that past and future thinking into right now. Again, Matthew 6.34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself each day certainly has enough trouble of its own. And while I think it's important and there's a lot that we need to learn from the past and we need to be planning for the future, all of those things are, are true. This really applies to both when we're in the space between. When we're in this transitional space and, and fear is right there, be present with God and trust that he has you right now. The second tip I have for you um, is stop catastrophizing. And that is a fun word to say. It's not really a fun word to experience. So, so catastrophizing is when you think about a worst case scenario and you have anxiety and fear around that outcome actually occurring. 
And I want to be real careful here because this, this one thought process can require more than a single tip in a sermon to, to overcome, okay? Some of you, you could do this with prayer and uh, support from family and friends, um, but some of you, it might take counseling. And so uh, some of you do this so often and so much where it's paralyzing, where you can imagine and believe that the worst case scenario, the worst possible outcome isn't only real, but it's likely to occur. And it can get us stuck. And so when I say stop catastrophizing, there's going to be a range of what that's going to require from from everybody in here. But either way, this can be a major barrier to moving forward through the space between. It can keep you stuck and not really trusting God with, with your next steps, what's going to happen next, because the possible outcomes, the worst case scenarios, are so overwhelming. And so I would start by encouraging you uh, to recognize that, yeah, bad things happen sometimes, and then thinking about the opposite. Because thinking about positive outcomes can help reduce uh, catastroph- or catastrophic thinking. And I know Paul, or God knew this when he had Paul write the words of Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think on those things. And then the third tip is be open to learning. The space between should be a time where you learn something. There's a saying that pain without gain would be a shame. And so we should be looking at how we can be on the other side of this, be better on the other side of this time. And so I want you to ask yourself some questions and even take some notes to remind yourself of these later. What is God teaching me through this current circumstance? And what is it that I want to carry forward with me uh, from this time? Like, how can I be better for it? What am, I, what am I now able to relate to or use because I've gone through this, this space between? Because it really would be a shame to go through all of this pain and not be better for it on the other side. Now, when I'm stuck in that, that kind of space, and all of the what-ifs start creeping in, what I do is I start planning. Uh, like I said, I, I try to plan my way out of the worst-case worst scenario, and I end up missing so much of what God wants to, to teach me uh, and wants me to get out of it. And it's because I don't naturally, and I don't think most of us naturally be still and know. That's not something that comes naturally to me, and I get so uncomfortable with the looming Uh, possibilities. I do whatever I can to occupy my mind so I don't think about them. And so I listen to audiobooks. I watch an endless amount of YouTube. Uh, For some people, it might be Netflix or video games. I'm sure you can fill in the blank with whatever you do to fill your mind so you don't have to be present in what you're going through. But God reminds us, he says, be still. Stop striving and know that I'm God. Stop and remember who I am and bring whatever that is to me. Be in the present moment and know that the God who created the universe, who who hung the moon and the stars and named them, that same God is with you. 
and he loves you, and you, you don't need to be afraid. Even when things, it's so important, even when things aren't going the way you thought they would. Remember how great he is and trust him with what's coming next. He wants you to be able to say, like the writer of Psalm 118, the Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he's my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies, or in in our case, our monsters, or our fears, or our worries. And so if you're overwhelmed with fear of the unknown, of what's, what's coming up next, whatever that space between is for you, stop catastrophizing. And if you, if you find yourself doing that, I want you to forget all of these other resolutions. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. Those are, those are wonderful. But I don't think they compare in significance and life change that can happen if you're doing this if you're doing life with God. Focus on this. How can I move out of this transitional space and into 2023 doing life with God where I know that he's with me and I have confidence in what he's doing? Can you you imagine just for a moment what that would feel like? To have peace and confidence in an unknown future because you're doing life with God. And I want, I want you to know that is the best life possible. But you can't have it unless you live it with him. Let's pray. God, thank you for 2022. Thank you that you were with us all the way through it, even when things weren't going the way we thought. And God, as we look to 2023, we, um, we, we want to do that with you acknowledging that you are with us all along the way and letting you do what you do, having confidence in you. God, give us strength uh, as we move into this new year to um, just pause, be still, and know. Acknowledge who you are, what you can do. Help us to stop catastrophizing, thinking the worst case and getting stuck there. Help us to to bring all of that to you. God, we love you. We are excited to see what you have in store for this year. We pray this in your name. Amen. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. You guys have a great week.